Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Nikessa Moody, and tonight's guest, J. Cole. What's up? How y'all doing? Hey. Hey. Hello. Um, Nikessa Moody. Um, thanks for um, being with us, and thank everyone for coming. Yo, thank y'all for having me. Thank y'all for taking time out of shopping, I guess. And for y'all for showing up, thank you. Now, um, you're kind of used to these crowds. A couple days ago, um, or yesterday when the album was released, there was about a few hundred people waiting to meet you. What's it been like this week, you know, with this album coming out and all the fan anticipation? Oh, it's been crazy. Even now, like, I'm exhausted. But it's all part of, like, when your album comes out, it's a part of the process. The last night, it was way more, there's so many people out there at the album signing. Five hours. I was at the album signing, like signing albums. So it's like every day, every minute of your day during release week is filled doing something, promoting the album. So it's been a, but I'm enjoying it way more this time. The first album, it was so new to me. This time, I, like I've been through it, and I'm really just appreciating every person that like bought the album. You know what I mean? Like I went to, I just stopped at a random Best Buy in the city. Oh, um, excuse me, no, we don't buy albums from there. We buy albums from Apple Store and iTunes, but. I did just go in because I wanted to get the real value of like just getting my album and and I seen this kid who had no, you know, he's like, he came in to just get it and he's looking at me like, yo, what are you doing here? You know, and I'm looking at him like, yo, thank you for buying my album, man. You know what I mean? Like, he couldn't, he was like, can I get a picture? I was like, yeah, you can get it. You just bought my album, man. You can get a picture. Come on. So I'm enjoying it. I say that to say that. It's cool that you're still so excited about meeting the fans and first week yes. because I would imagine the deeper that you get into it sometimes it's after just like the first album people are like okay well I don't feel like doing this I don't want to do that right no I, I appreciate it man because I, I understand that like I, you know people don't have to without the people like I'm not I don't exist like I'm making the music but like there has to be somebody to receive it and enjoy it for this thing to happen you know it's a two way street so I'm not jaded at all and I'm not like of course, you had those days where it's like, oh, man, it can get overwhelming. But, you know, I, I give a lot of my time. People don't even know. Like, I give a lot of my time to, like, taking those extra pictures, signing those extra autographs. I appreciate people. So, What about the, the fan response that kind of um, fuels you? What, 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 what is it about, you know, hearing from people, like, in the audience that kind of fuels you? I like it when they connect to a song or when they tell me things like, yo man, this song right here changed my life. Or yo, I listened to the warm up, it got me through high school or it, it made me go to college or it got me through college or I, I got through my law school by listening to Friday Night Lights. Or like, I like the personal connections when they tell me like how a certain song or a certain project affected their life or why they can relate to this song. Or that's what I enjoy. Like, the hit records are fun too. It's like it's cool to go to like a club or to a concert and everybody knows the words. You know, sometimes we do summer jams and in order to do a summer jam, you have to have radio records. So it's nice to go there and hear people sing the words, but it, the best feeling is like that more intimate connection when like you really touch somebody with one of your songs. That's, that's what gives me the most pleasure. You mentioned iTunes. Obviously, the album's available on iTunes. Please get that on iTunes. I'm trying to beat Kanye West right now, man. We got to do that. Just Exactly. That's Listen, iTunes. Kanye is the first one that you see when you open iTunes right now. I'm the second. If you, I promise you, if you flip that around, I got a shot. So just put me first 
and watch the numbers just skyrocket in my favor. Well, from what I've heard, you're neck and neck with Kanye right now. He's a little bit ahead, but you yeah. know, not that much. Neck and neck. Neck and neck. It's so not over yet, so please we got time. go get that Born Center right now on iTunes. Thank you. What I think is really interesting is a lot of people, when someone like a Kanye is coming out, they'll say, well, let me move my back to like July, or let me just give this person yeah. some space. Where you did the opposite, you're just like, okay, bring it, Kanye. Yeah. I want to go head to head with you. Come on, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Jesus nah. versus Born Center. So tell me what made you kind of feel like, okay, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, first and foremost, like I'd say all this jokingly because I am like a real big Kanye fan. Everybody knows. Like, so, so that aside, I'm also a real big competitor. So I had a date of June 25th already locked in. And um and I heard he was coming on June 18th while I'm finishing the album. And at first I didn't think much of it, but then when it got confirmed, it got real. And I was like, oh wait a minute, I ain't gonna come a week after a Kanye album and like, you know, it's gonna be all this hoopla and like fanfare, which he's earned and deserve all that. But I didn't want to be in the shadow of that. I didn't want to be the week after. I was like, nah, I'm gonna move mine and join the conversation. Like put my name in the conversation, listen to mine the same week, and then you decide what you like. You might love both. You might love his, hate mine. You might hate his, love mine. I just want to be in the conversation and let you know that I think my album is great, and, you know, you decide. Now, did Rock Nation share your enthusiasm, enthusiasm or were they a little bit like, okay? No, nah, I only made three calls. One was, was to Jay Brown from Rock Nation. One was to my manager, Mark Pitts, and then one was to Jay-Z. I just called these people. Jay Brown was like, yo, I'm feeling like he liked the, the spirit, the competitive spirit. Mark Pitts saying they all across the board, everybody was like, yo, like you got nothing to lose. It's like it's a ballsy move. And it's like, you know, they were all supportive. Now, the label and the people that actually got to make it happen and get the album to iTunes and tell iTunes, hey, we're moving our date. Those people were a little more concerned, like, yo, can we actually make this happen? But, you know, everybody was really supportive. And it's, it's here now. It feels good that we finally here. It kind of reminds me of like a few years ago when 50 and Kanye were in that little battle yeah. on head to head. Kanye won that and J and 50 was sort of like the um the top dog at the time. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me in that you are approaching that you are at that level where people are looking at you as someone who could maybe take on a, a Kanye and yeah. you're fulfilling your promise. What does it feel like to be at this level with this album? It does feel good. I, I do recognize that I got a long way to go. Just, you know, just for what I want out of my career. You know, I want a lot of music out and a lot of albums, and I want to fill up arenas one day. So personally, I have a long way to go. But it does feel good that that people are saying like, "Yo, Born Center way better than years." It's like, you know, they just riding for me, and it's cool to even be in that conversation and have that conversation. But like. I have to be grateful that I made that decision and follow my heart because had I not made that decision, this wouldn't be the conversation right now. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like I'm forcing the other people. The fans already feel how they feel about me. I'm forcing the other people that weren't really paying attention to now be like, hmm, you know what I mean? Let me take, a, let me take another listen and, and you know, at least see what this kid is talking about. Now this album certainly raises the stakes for you. Um, when the first album came out, a lot of promise and people have been talking about you for a while yep. now do you kind of feel like you realized everything that you wanted with this album because I know that you talked a little bit about your first album 
you weren't quite didn't feel like you hit it as much as you wanted it to. Yeah, I, I heard the first album. I was doing the album signing yesterday, and they played the first album because they were playing Born Center over and over. And then by like the third album, I'm like, yo, my man, come on, like, please change it. So, so they put on the first album, and I was listening to it, and I was like, my God, like the other album was really good. It's just like two song, two songs in a row that, looking back, I would, you know, if I could have inserted two different songs, like it would have changed the entire album. You know what I mean? So I was like, that little spot away, which is not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but to me, it's a big deal. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm a perfectionist, so. That's what I mean when I said, the first album, I'm, I'm very proud of it, you know what I mean? I'm grateful for it. But this album, I, you know, I'm completely, I'll go through the whole thing and like it gets still gets better to me each listen. You know what I'm saying? So, what was I don't even know what the question was, but I wanted to clarify, you know, it's like the first album was, was not a disappointment for me, but it was definitely a learning lesson, you know what I mean? And yes, it didn't have that. Sales-wise, it killed the game and it changed the industry, but it didn't have that critical acclaim that I wanted, like Friday Night Lights did. That's really what got that, the warm up and then Friday Night Lights. But I was so focused on the album, my first album, that I couldn't appreciate how big Friday Night, Friday Night Lights was, you know what I mean? Like, that was critically acclaimed, like, uh, that was a wave when it came out. But I was so worried about my album, I couldn't appreciate it and say thank you, you know, for that response. What kind of pressure did you feel making Born Center, it, it being that in making it you were a Grammy nominee now, you know, had you know, platinum singles, all that stuff. What, how did you feel and how did you feel that affected you producing the music? I felt no pressure making Born Center. That was the whole point. I've, you know, I've, I was for the first time in years, you know, in a couple of years, I was pressureless. I was like 100% free just making music for the fun of it. Just if I wanted to make a beat uh, that day, I made a beat and that beat ended up being like Chris Tucker or something. I was just playing around with like lyrics or something or it'd be Kenny Lofton. It was way more just free, you know, because the first album did so well and that was one of the things I was so nervous about was like performing well for the company, Rock Nation, Columbia, my management, the fans and hip hop you don't get but so many chances. Like, if I would've came out and did like 60,000, it would've been hard to bounce back from that because hip hop is so competitive. People want to point and be like, ah, look what he did. You know, it's like that. It's very, it's bad that it's like that, but it's like that, you know what I mean? So once that pressure was off, everything just flowed out. I was listening to another interview, you kind of compared it to like LeBron and his search, his quest to get that first race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you notice the difference. As soon as LeBron James won the championship, his whole style got like even, he became even more of a monster because with that monkey off his back, it was, there's nothing to lose. Now he's just playing with full confidence. There's no pressure, he's already a champion. You know, there's a big difference in playing with pressure and then playing with, with no pressure. With nothing to lose then, how did that free you up and what kind of maybe subjects or things did you tackle that maybe you felt more free to do? Um, I don't think it was in terms of subject. My subject matter has always been like diverse. I always talked about like a lot of different aspects of life, personal and like things that relate to people. But I think what changed was like just, I wasn't worried about, they hit a section like a six month period where like everything became like 
because I was trying to get this single, everything became like, is this good enough? Like, is this a hit snare drum? Is this a hit kick? Because, you know, I make the beats too from the beginning. So is this a hit kick drum? Is this drum pattern hit worthy? Is this line catchy enough? Is this hook? You know what I mean? That's a terrible way to make music. Like, you shouldn't, if you ever catch yourself as an artist thinking like that, you have to catch yourself and stop because that's a dangerous way to, like, make any type of art. So the subject matter wasn't what freed up. It was, it was my thoughts. It was just trusting myself and doing whatever I wanted to do and saying whatever I wanted to say and letting it all flow out. It's kind of curious you say don't do that. Don't, like, try and see is this catchy enough. But with the pressure, and you talked about it, like people hating and trying to see you fail, the pressure to make those hits, how do you pre prevent yourself from not saying, oh, do I have, is this hook, you know, going to be what's going to be played on Hot 97 tomorrow, you know? Um, how do you avoid it? Well, I went through it. So I'm, I went through it and it made me stronger. But I, I went through it, hopefully, so that other people don't have to. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, you don't have to do that. You just trust yourself. You know what I mean? And you'll, you'll naturally grow. I don't know how you avoid it. I, I mean, I went through it out of necessity. Like, I couldn't get a release date until I had a record that was connecting that radio. So I had to go through it. I don't know how you avoid it, though. I, I don't know. Now, with this album, did you feel, because you had so much success, that was there any temptation to work with a lot of more different artists and have a lot more features on this? Because I mean, you don't necessarily have a whole bunch of features. No, I don't have a lot of features at all. Or the producers. It's just how it happened. I made, this is how I make music. I start making a beat. I start making some drums. I add a sample. I get excited, like, oh. Hopefully my rapper side kicks in, like, oh man, I wanna write to this. I got something to say. And I start writing, and I lay down the ideas, and maybe 30 minutes to an hour later, maybe three hours later, I have a song. And that's how this album happened, you know what I mean? I didn't feel the need to go reach out. You gotta understand, I'm where I'm at in my career right now, and I got a long way to go, but I'm blessed to be right here. I'm here, and I never went to go see like Timberland, uh, Boy Wonder, Hit Boy, whoever was making the hits, whoever, Young Chop, whoever had, was the hottest producer at the time in hip hop, I never went to go see them. I haven't gone to see them yet because I enjoy making music how I'm, how I'm doing it and it's gotten me this far. Now, will I go? Yes, maybe the next album is entirely me reaching out to other people, but for this album, it's just how it happened. It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like, I ain't gonna go see them. It's just, that's how I enjoy like making music. That's my art. But there is a side of me, the rap side of me, that does enjoy not having to work. Like, it's hard work. My rapper side just sits around and waits for the producer side to finally make a beat that he likes. The rap side is probably like, man, you whack, dog. Like, it's like 10 beats now and I ain't got one. So, you know, I do, I do look forward to that, letting go some of that uh, ownership and just coming in the studio, hearing a beat and writing. Now, um, do you, one of the songs that's been a big hit is Power Trip, obviously, with Miguel. Um, tell me, I had heard that originally you were a little bit, kind of wanted to just do it yourself and maybe you weren't as enthusiastic about having Miguel. Oh, that would have been a terrible idea. That, that was a bad idea. Originally, I was singing a part on Power Trip that goes, would you believe me if I said I'm in love? Like, and I thought it sounded good. 
it did sound good. I did it like in a real sleepy, drunk way. Like it was supposed to be like, you know, like, like I guess love drunk or whatever. So I was singing it real messed up. But I actually considered like, yeah, Miguel would sound great doing that, but I like how I sound. <laughs> I would have been like, I heard the version maybe about a month ago. I was like, yo, would've, that was would have been a terrible decision. You know what I mean? So that was a thought at first. Now, a lot of what critics are saying, they're loving the album, first of all. Yes. A, a lot of a praise. Thank you. Um, they're saying the album has a, like a darker tone. Do you, do you kind of, or darker themes to, to the music. Do you see that? It, it has a dark feel in the, in the beginning of the album. And it's not dark like Marilyn Manson dark or like or nothing like that. But just musically, the, the mood of the music in the first half of the album is darker, like from the intro to Land of the Snakes. You know, it's just a dark color, but not like psychotic or like murderous or anything, but just like dark. And even the subject matter is a little more like unapologetic. Like I got a song called Trouble. That's like another whole nother persona as a rapper. It's like if I really wanted to, I could be that rapper all the time and just take on this persona, like the coolest dude who's also smart. You know what I mean? That's Trouble. And I'm saying like, you know, a few reckless things. It's more like a rapper song. Like, but then you got songs like Runaway, which is dark, but I'm really like diving into a lot of themes of like relationships and temptation, you know, and, and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's dark, I guess, but not, I don't want to give the wrong idea, like it's depressing or anything. What kind of prevents you from just going once? Like you said, you could you could have been that rapper that says the reckless thing or whatever. Um, what kind of prevents you from just taking that one persona and um, running with it? Because sometimes there's one tag right. that you take, and that's the most popular. Right, because I'm I wouldn't be being true to myself. Like, that's only one part of my personality. The reason why I can have a song like Can't Get Enough and then have a song like Lost Ones or Lights Please is because those are all parts of my personality and like my life, you know what I mean? So if I was only one way, like if I was only like making, like if I was a trap rapper, you would think trap rappers don't even like love their mom or like, you know what I mean? Or like ever have friends or like real, because all they talking about like, is the trap, which is fine, but like, what about, you know, there's other things that happen in life and there's other sides to you. So I'm trying to give you all of that. That's what keeps me from becoming just that rapper. It's because I'm, I'm also this guy too. And sometimes I'm like that. And you know, it's just, I, I have more range as a human. So I'm gonna have more range as an artist. Speaking of more range as a human, with what everything you've gone through over the last couple of years from the Grammys to, you know, the hits and everything like that. What, what's the biggest change that you see in yourself? In myself? Um, just throughout my career, like how I've changed personally. I don't know. I, I would like to think I'm still very close to like my original self. You know what I mean? I, I would like to think that. Ooh, yes. <laughs> my voice is gone. I was going to do it exactly like she just did. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I would like to think that I'm very close to um, to being how I was. And if there's a change, then I don't, you know what I mean? I don't notice it. I'm not noticing. Okay. Well, at this time, we want to open it up to um, people in the audience. Yes. Um, first question. Here they go. We have. Everybody got questions. All right. I wanted to know what inspired your 
your um, picture of your album? A picture of my album? Which one? There's, that's the deluxe. Can I tell y'all the real story about the deluxe? So, and it worked out great. Everything happens for a reason. I'm telling you, I truly believe in that. But the original deluxe cover was this baby. Y'all seen, y'all know like Biggie, Ready to Die cover? So it was this little baby surrounded by like white, but with like these clouds. Cause you know, the darker version of the album is like gates. You could say like maybe the gates of hell. There's like seven strikes on it. So the deluxe was more like heaven and this little baby, which is purely innocence. You know, that's what it represented. Innocence was like surrounded by these white clouds and he had a little crown above him. You know, my crown with the, with the halo. It's really a halo with a crown above it. But he also had these little horns coming out like just subtle, subtle horns. So it's like, um, so the album is Born Center. I'm like, yo, this cover's perfect. We're like, two days from having to turn in the album, the artwork for the album, and it, it come to find out nobody cleared the baby with the parents. <laughs> nobody cleared this little light-skinned baby with, the, with his parents. So everybody's looking around at each other like, oh man, like we don't know. And of course, when it went time for clearance, the parents was like, nah man, we can't do this. Like, so we took the horns off, kept the halo, now it's just a baby in heaven. And we like, please, but the album's called Born Sinner. A parent wouldn't want to, like, you know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to put, so I was like, yo, I won't even put the title on the album. You know what I mean? It won't be there. They still, I wrote them a crazy nice letter. I'm a letter writer when people don't like, when people don't see things my way, I like try to give them my perspective. So I wrote this really nice letter and almost convinced them, almost, but they just couldn't do it at the end of the day. So we're literally about seven hours from having to turn in an album cover and we don't have a deluxe. It just so happens, um, you know, the guy that was doing my artwork for this whole album process, Mario Hugo, he was like, yeah, I was, um, I was working on this thing, but I was gonna use it for a single later. I mean, maybe you guys like it. He sent that to me. I was like, yo, are you crazy? Like, yes, where was this at before, man? You know what I mean? Got like five hours left. So that, that's how this came to be. And it's really way more iconic you know what I mean? And like, it really defines the album to me, that figure. Cause it's like, he got these horns, but he's, he got the halo crown above him. He doesn't look evil. He's kind of smiling. You know, he's surrounded by white. You know, and, and, and you know, it's, don't be afraid. There's nothing like satanic about that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not. So that's how that came to be. Y'all got the exclusive iTunes. Please move mine to the first thing you see on the iTunes page. Thank you. What up, Jay? Um, What's up, Jay man? Cole. All right, um, does, the, does the question have to be about the album? Nah. All right, cool. So um, basically, I just I, live, I work around the block. I just got fired. No and, uh, way you got yeah, fired. But like, I met you a couple of times, man, and uh, I'm an artist myself. Word. And um, I know you hear this shit all the time. No, nah, it's cool. Um, it's cool. What, what was going through your mind when everything was just falling apart? And... And you don't even know like what the like you don't even know what to do, and basically everything was just falling apart, and you just trying to find a way. Like what was going through your mind? Did you ever think like, damn, what if this doesn't happen for me? You know? Mm. Um, my mind never worked like that in the beginning. Well, like when I wasn't on, I never had those thoughts. But I can relate to that only because there came a point after my first album was already out where I started like really getting down on myself, like, man, like I really like, 
I really just dropped the ball, man. Like, this didn't go how I wanted it to go. Like, I didn't come out how I foresaw myself coming out. And I was really getting down on myself. And it felt, it really did feel way more. And everybody else is looking at me like, oh, you crazy? You had the number one album in the country. You got to go out, Grammy nominate. And I'm not seeing or appreciating any of that. So what I can say is you have to look, you have to stop looking at what you don't have and what's not happening for you and start appreciating, like, what you do actually have. Like, my man, you got on a nice watch, like your hat is fresh, like you're in New York City, it's the land of opportunity, you know what I mean? You're a good looking guy, I'm sure you got maybe a girlfriend, like there's a lot of things, your family, there's a lot of things to be grateful for. And that's the only way you can climb out of like, a place of focusing on what you don't have, is by focusing on like, man, what do I have to be thankful for? And everybody got something to be thankful for, even a homeless man, if he wanted to, he could be like, yo, I'm breathing today, like, you know what I mean? Like my arms work, my legs work. You can start very small, and that that it's gonna it's a process, but that's how you can get about like of a negative space like that. You know what I mean? I think it's, right. a, it's interesting. I gotta ask, what were you expecting for your first album? If you were a little bit disappointed, like like people said you were crazy. Like what were you expecting? Yeah, I think I think I just had a, my career going a certain way in my mind, and I didn't realize that. I was already doing the things that I wanted to do. Like, it was just in a different way. So my whole life, I was like, oh man, my first album is gonna be like, it's gonna be like Illmatic, it's gonna be crazy. Or my first album is gonna be like this, and like, I'm gonna drop classics. And, and I wasn't, I never took the time to stop and realize like, yo, you already are doing that. Like, there's kids out there that the warm up to them, they never gonna stop listening to that. You know what I mean? That's gonna be, they gonna play that for their kids. They gonna be talking about that 10, 20 years from now. Friday Night Lights for them, it's a, you know what I mean? And I didn't stop and realize it like, yo, you are already doing that. So, cause I had a certain way that I wanted it to go. You know, so that's what it was. Um, I up, wanted bro? to know um, what was Nas reaction to let Nas down? And who's your top five rappers right now? Oh man, top five rappers. That was tough questions. Nas, Nas, yeah, Nas, yeah. Nas reaction was crazy. Long story short, I always say long story short, but then it's long. I played Let Nas Down. Three days after I made the song, oh, it's a long story. I was in the airport three days after I made the song. I never run into Nas. I'm in Houston, Texas of all places. I had a show to do. The next morning I'm in the airport. It's 6 a.m., a flight from Houston to L.A. I, my man, my homeboy asked me, could he hear the song? Because I just made it and we all still buzzing about this song. He hears the song. I'm, I take my laptop back from him because I got to board the plane. As he's handing me my laptop, he's like, Yo, is that Nas? He just was listening to the song. I just made the song. I only met Nas one time before that. It's not like I run into this guy. We're in Houston, Texas. Like, so many things that the world is way too big for this to be happening. So I knew it was a sign. So I played Nas' song. As soon as I got on the plane, his reaction was ridiculous. It was one of the best moments, like, of my life. It was a, just a dope moment. Top five rappers, I can't answer that, man. Ever, ever or right now, I can't. Okay, let's say right now. We've done it. Right now? No, no, I'm not going to do that, because then they're going to make a headline okay, out of me. Ever. Uh, Pac, Big, Eminem, Jay-Z. Nas, what are we talking about, man? What's up, J. Cole? What's up? Where um, we at? Where we at? Oh, sorry, okay. I'm, I'm a little short back here. <laughs> yeah. um, so, like you said earlier, you put a lot of hard work into this album, which shows, which is evident in the album, obviously. Thank you. Um, and like you said, 
we as the consumers don't see exactly like what goes on and like what you put into this album. Right. What would you say is like the most difficult part? Was it the fact that you guys forgot to get clearance of the little baby or <laughs> no. was it the fact that, you know, the album leaked? What was like the, the most difficult thing? And sorry if it's a difficult question, but no, it's a great question. I never thought about what was the most difficult part about making an album. For me, the most difficult part about making an album is finishing. Really, is is why do you think uh, people don't even recognize? I can. There's three truly yours right now. All about five songs a piece. That's 15 songs. I really just dropped two albums in the last three months. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to make all like a song like Kenny Lofton could clearly be on the album. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to like pick from songs that I love. Like can I holler at you? It's hard to like decide what's album worthy and what's not. That's the most difficult part of me for making an album is like ciphering through all this music that I have and 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 picking and saying a, saying that this song that I love is not gonna make the album. That's hard. And then finishing the songs. I got a lot of rough drafts. You know what I mean? And then like it's hard to turn those into finished products. So that's a great question though. Do we got time for one more, man? Please. My name's Frank, and um, up, I Frank? wanted to ask the question with like all the buzz going between Yeezus versus Born Sinner and all that buzz. I wanted to know what's your opinion on um, Yeezus, the album, because like the general reception is that you came out big, like with this album, you know, with Friday Night Lights and all your albums, you always like it came out good, and right. with Yeezus, like people say it's not what they depicted what Kanye West would come out with. Right. Well, I, that's a great question. I, th I don't think my opinion of his album matters. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. I actually don't like, I'm starting to really not like the process of, like, people looking to other people for how to, how to feel about music. That's starting to really bother me. Like, the, looking to a review for how I should feel, or looking to what somebody on Twitter says about an album for how I should feel, and the sense of entitlement that what I say about an album is actually important, you know what I mean? I don't like that, so I don't even want to say how I feel about Yeezus, because it doesn't matter. But I will say that I'm a big Kanye West fan, and I do respect him for always, never settling and always trying to go left. Whether or not it connects or not, doesn't even matter. Ladies and gentlemen, J. Cole. <laughs> <laughs> 